there has to be that old style traffic cop that sits in the middle of the intersection directing the traffic. That still exists. And that person, you know, and I tell my team that I'll look at something somebody's done and I'll go, I could get a bot to do that. Give me something more. Give me something that a bot can't do. Show me that you didn't just click a button, that you actually considered what you were doing when you did it based on what you know about the client. Mm. Because that is what you're getting paid for. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our next episode of Strategy in the Virtual Controller. My name is Damien Greathead, and as you can see, turns out I am the droid that they've been looking for. So I'm sitting <laughs> in sunny Sydney, my co-host, Penny Breslin. How are you today? I'm fine, Damien, and I am in somewhat May Gray, June Gloom, San Diego. I was going to say, it's, you look like you're up in the clouds there behind you, but that might be the June Gloom. So It's the June um, Gloom. <laughs> My uh, my background, so as folks know, we had a bit of a break after the April 15 deadline, and certainly I'm not a practitioner, so it wasn't for me to rest and recover, but I headed off to the United States and Mexico for a bit of a family holiday. So we hit up Disneyland and Star Wars installation is pretty impressive. So that's um, homage to one of our holiday picks. Penny, I think you had a little break after April 15, but you've also started the conference season as well. What, what well, conference we, we were you We talked about on the last one that I was at a counting salon and now we were just finalizing flights to go to Scaling New Heights. All oh, right. Okay. And so for those folks that don't know what a counting salon is, what's a counting salon? It's a group of accountants that they get together and they were kind enough to invite me to be part of it. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it on the last one, but, you know, they get together and they talk about what they're doing as practitioners and owners of businesses. They're a very entrepreneurial group and what's the latest and greatest and what they see coming down the future. And, you know, so it's kind of, it's very small and very intimate, but, you know, I've, I feel grateful that I was invited to join. And yeah, nice. yeah, so, but I'll see most of them, like the next couple of conferences coming up with Scaling New Heights and Digital CPA and ZeroCon, which we are actually, because they're doing it in smaller groups and going to different cities, Megan, who works for me and lives in Houston, is going to go to the show in Texas, and I'm going to go to the one in LA. Right. Okay. Um, and then after that, we'll be doing QuickBooks Connect, of course. Yeah, I just saw they announced those. Everybody, Chennai's coming over. Let's see. I don't think Maggie's coming because it's about a week before her due date is. So she said, <laughs> I won't be getting on a plane. I won't I be getting, I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be driving because uh, she lives in Arizona. So she won't be coming. But we do have two, maybe three coming from India. Yeah, nice. Well, last episode we talked about and very much, very much just scratching the surface of AI in accounting and how we're starting to see things like ChatGPT and, and AI, generally speaking, start to show in accounting apps. But what was interesting is off the back of last episode, we had a comment on just on my LinkedIn and it was Loretta and she's down in Melbourne. And she said, interesting podcast, Damien and Penny, I'm using AI GPT 
to help write emails to clients and prospective new clients. Works great and saves time. So also using AI software to help write blogs. And then I tailor the blogs to my talk. So it saves me so much time in the initial start out and planning phase of the blog. And then she's also looking into some AI software for marketing my services. So far, Awesome and exciting times ahead. Interestingly, she didn't use AI to write the post because there's absolutely no punctuation whatsoever (laughs) in it, which is a bit normal in in getting emails from Loretta, but wonderful to hear how practitioners are using it. And I think, Penny, that was one of, I think I talked about chat GPT from a a marketing standpoint and helping helping you to write those emails, helping you to get started. Penny, you sort of focused on using AI to automate the communications and the back and forth of asking for this, seeking clarification. So that was sort of another example. But I think maybe um, from accounting salon and what you're seeing in with different apps, how are you seeing apps bring AI into their applications in the accounting world? A couple of ways. And believe me, if you want to see a demo of it and you want to go in depth, please check out David and Blake and Jason Stats because they're actually like showing it and showing what they're doing with it. The apps themselves, because that's where we kind of come in is because we're in so many different apps. We're seeing, and there are a lot of apps out there that we're using that we're seeing it being implemented, like Loretta said, to write emails. So, you know, one of the things I hate is having to go outside of my workflow to go to my email and all that stuff. And I'm going to hearken back to the days of desktop and servers. And we had a program we used called Goldmine back then that we never had Outlook or Google or anything, our email was integrated into our CRM, which also managed our workflow. So we had one app that did all, did our marketing and did our tasking and did all of our emails. And so what I've seen is a couple of them that are out there right now that are, you can just type in the topic, the subject that you want to have in the email and be on the client's record. And it will go, pull the client's name in, write it out for you based on some keywords that you put in. I think they're using the word magic link. And in every one of these apps, we're using them right now with some of our clients. And Two of them happen to be favorite workflows for everybody in my office in India. They love them the best, but it writes that for you. And then it will also take communication you got from your client, summarize it into bullet points, and you can put it in and send it to another person on the workflow. And they're utilizing that AI technology and that chat technology in the background to pull that in. I agree with Loretta that like, if you're going to do a blog or something, you want to be able to put your own spin on it, your own words, because it is written in US English, but not only so in the client record, you want to write a email reminding them that you are going to be completing their work for this particular job. And that's all you write in the subject heading and it lays it out. 
dear, whatever the client's name is on that record, we are getting ready to complete your job. It'll be ready in one week. We will need the following information in order to meet that date line, deadline and a nice, some other nice verbiage and boom, sent. And you said you're using two workflow tools and I'm assuming one of those is Carbon because- Yeah, I that was Carbon it. does that, yes. Yeah, because I, I sat in on that product announcement and- I mean, if you're saying it, that's always one of the things in terms of does it work the way in which they explain it in the product? It does. And it does. (laughs) So (laughs) it's not smoking mirrors. So that's amazing. Yeah. No, and I I, I I have to say that's like, wow. you know, I always people, you know, if we're sitting there and somebody's saying, okay, which workflow do you recommend? I'll go, hey, why don't we just ask the people that are using it every day? And and that's the thing as well is it's also the people that are writing these emails every day, the actual staff accountants, the bookkeepers that are doing, this is what's saving them an enormous amount of time. So much time. Yeah. So much time. And then the other one, which Megan actually brought to my attention way before I saw it being demoed because she was in the app before I was. I'm so glad I hired these two ladies. (laughs) She goes, all I did was say, Here's the job. And it created the checklist. Boom, 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 wow. boom, like that. Now yeah. we still have to go in and do our little notes. Yep. But when you think about it, that's something that even it's like a constant reminder, reminder. Hey, put the checklist in there. Create the checklist. We have them. Copy it over. You know, and if there's a lot of, you know, move here, copy there, take it from this place, put it to that place. They don't have to anymore. And, and here's the thing uh, is. So what- What's that workflow called? Oh, there are two of them that that do it that we work with for different CPA firms. And that's Client Hub and Financial Sense. And Financial Sense is the one that we use more. And so that was the one that made Megan, like, she sent me a lot of emojis in Slack going, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see this? You got to see this. This is so cool. And so I think that's certainly the first frontier of AI in the accounting space is automating the administrative functions. And again, if you think about the amount of time that is spent on admin, and it's probably not all captured on the timesheet, but if we can harness AI to automate these administrative tasks, these admin and actually administrative emails in terms of getting information off clients and reminding clients of upcoming deadlines, et cetera, then that just starts to happen in the background, which again, a, a bit like sort of the idea around receipt bank and decks and a lot of the data apps where they're collecting the data in real time while while you're sleeping, so to speak, if these cons can be happening in real time as well, and and not you're not responsible for doing the heavy lifting, you're reviewing and hitting send, then it, it just makes your life easier. And it means that those client comms are on, someone's on top of them or not someone or the technology's on top of it. Well, not only that, guess what? Because you're doing it within the workflow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oops, sorry. So now the history's not in somebody else's outlook. I love that. I, it's not I'm... in somebody else's Google account. It's in your workflow that you flip and paid for as the owner of the goddamn business. And if that person goes away, there's no, let's go get a copy of this. Let's get this. What did they do? What did they say? 
I love that idea of an email comes in and the bullet points are then into the client file. That's for everyone to see, for everyone to everyone. have access to. I mean, to. It, yeah. it, it enhances the whole concept of everybody's wearing a red shirt. And, yes. And it's an expendable. Okay, you, well, I know. You're Star Wars. I'm Star Trek. What can I do? <laughs> but I think to your point is that there is this big fear that whatever's in someone's head will walk out the door if they decide to quit or whatever, but actually this guards safeguards against that. But I think most importantly, it provides a seamless experience to the client because the last thing the client wants to have to do is re-explain themselves or answer the same questions over and over because a new person is working on the job or things have been rotated. I think if we think about it from a customer perspective and a client perspective, it just provides a better experience to the customer, which I think is ultimately what we should be focused on. How many times have you called somebody in a support situation and you had to move up the food chain and you had to tell the next person and then the next person exactly what you told the first person out there. (laughs) And you just go, didn't you see what I just, I'm sure I could hear them typing. They must have been writing yes, down yeah, something. Yes, yeah, I heard I something. <laughs> Maybe that. But see, and that's aggravating as hell when you do it. So why don't you think it's going to be the same for your client? But the fact that it's all in one spot. And I think the other one is what I am seeing, and I'm getting a lot more ads for it lately, and I'm not sure what you're using, but it's the same thing from Zoom recordings or sort of virtual meetings, phone calls, and that type of stuff where the call is recorded transcribed and then the bullet points are sent into the CRM system. So there's that may not necessarily be integrated into the, or may not be built into the workflow tool, but you could certainly find the integration. You could zap it in. Yeah, yeah, you could use yeah. Zap to do it. Yeah. Like we can, and, we, uh, we use otter.ai, IO, and there's AI and IO. And so it gives me a detailed transcript. It gives me, I mean, even though I've got the video recording from Zoom, right? It gives me the transcript. It gives me screenshots if I was sharing screen and it gives me bullet points. So I've got multiple ways to turn a meeting into either documentation or procedure or follow-up. And you could use Zapier to get it into the client record in any one of these workflows. So you might not get it completely there yet. That workflow might have AI and chat for emails and Zoom in and transcripting may have that other capability. Then use something like Zapier to move that information from one app to another, which kind of led to a couple of conversations one, two nights ago when Namilla, we were all talking about, we were dealing with the client. The client was, it was, the client was asking us some stuff if we could do it. And we were showing them how we would do this and fix this. And and then they asked us for recommendations on a workflow. And we gave them three. And then after they got off the meeting, we had a few things we had to take care of internally. And one of the things that Namila said, she goes, remember when you said, don't be afraid of this technology, it's not going to kill your job. She goes, it hasn't killed our job, but it certainly has changed the way we look at it. And then this morning, I had a Slack message with Maggie, who is redoing our process and procedure and process and procedures, we were keeping them in one way for years. And it was losing it. The bigger we got, the less efficient it got. Mm. And 
So I tasked her with in January, figure out how to do this better and come up with some other solution outside of we got, I want you to think outside the box. You're not an accountant. You, you just give me something better. She came up with something she implemented. And her comment this morning was, because it took her a while to build it out. And then her comment this morning was, well, oh my God, I had a meeting with all the team leaders last Wednesday. And I am amazed at how fast they adopted it and started using it. And I asked the team leaders, I said, what made you want to do it so fast? Because we were struggling to keep up with the old server-based system that we had. And they said, this just is so much easier for us. There's no this, put it here, copy, paste it over here, drag it over here and save it. It just is getting done. All we have to do is it cuts down on the amount of administrative time, which means we're getting more detail put in. I mean, again, interesting sort of comment. Again, I go back to my sort of experiences, like trying to get receipt bank up and running in accounting firms and very much a feeling of, well, hang on, the machines are taking my job. They're taking my data entry job, but they're doing that. Whereas actually it sort of sounds like here, the machines are taking my administration and I'm embracing that because administration is sort of a a bear bug and it's this necessary evil that we have to do. So, I mean, I would hazard a guess that the accountants on the team in Chennai, they would also have similar concerns about technology taking their jobs, but actually it's taking a part of their job that they weren't that really trained it's probably for probably a pain. It, yeah, 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 that's not what they you know, got into accounting for. That's not what they got into accounting yeah. to do. Yeah. And frankly, because of the way they run their education system there, when they went into accounting, that's all they got. <laughs> you know, right. brilliant at accounting. You tell them to do something else. They look like at you like deer in the headlights. <laughs> and, you know, so they don't get it. They don't understand it. And um, this is just taking that off of their plate and the thing is we do track admin time Mm -hmm. and we actually have an item in our time tracker to say tea break (laughs) our administrators because our team leaders do have it's kind of like okay so i was a school teacher and i taught middle school and we worked in teams and we always had a time set aside that we were given to kind of come together because as a group, we would teach the same cohort of children. You'd be teaching them in one subject and I'd be teaching them in the other subject. And you had to kind of get together because kids have different modalities. They have different strengths and weaknesses and they behave one way with one teacher and another way with another teacher. But you had to kind of like gather the information and you needed time to share that, to organize it and to document it. And so do my team leaders. And that was the time that they found they never had enough hours in the day to do. And yet it was extremely critical to keep the flow of and the transfer of knowledge to keep on going, to keep it going because People change, businesses change, processes change, communication change. People that we were working with in the U.S. would be different than we were working with last month. We might have a different person because, you know, we have 
PTOs, everybody's get a standard two days a month where they can pay days off. And then also, again, we're dealing with women who have their own cultural and family issues to deal with. And we take that into consideration. So it's really critical for us that the information cannot be siloed. Mm. And the comment this morning was using this, using AI, using cloud-based systems. Every time we implement, and we implement a lot of cloud-based systems, but every time we do, it increases our ability to spend time on what we're really getting paid for. <laughs> and yes. But also enhances our ability to do that better. Does that make any sense? It does. Yeah, it, it does. So if I could sort of switch gears slightly, because I think a lot of folks and certainly myself and I think we're starting to see some movement in this area. What about on the, so we've talked about AI and communication, AI and marketing and AI helping that. What are you seeing from a, an AI standpoint in the actual bookkeeping process? How is that coming along? Because I, th I think that's probably everyone's natural assumption of what AI is best used for, best used for. But I think it's probably a little bit more complicated than just letting the machines go to work, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it can give you a checklist. And a checklist is a good start. And there are a lot of, we're in a lot of workflows where people have never bothered to put them in, or mm. if they did put them in, they never even checked them off. But even still, there's more detail that's unique to that customer that's contextual or unique to your firm that would have to be added to that. It's kind of like adding a memo to a transaction. The transaction is, okay, this is a repeatable journal entry we do every month. That's a checklist. We do it on check. But what's the memo? What's the context of that? And that context can change. And all that context can be unique, even though the structure that JE that we do all this, that bill that we enter might be somewhat utilized by several of our clients because we have a niche, but for that client, it's unique. There's something unique about it. So the parts of it that are contextually unique, you still have to pay attention to, you still have to add to that, your knowledge base, and you're not, it's not knowledge just about what you learn in, in school or what you learn from working as an accountant, but your knowledge of the client mm. and the client's management of their finances. The chat's not going to know that. The AI's not going to know that. Can I get a list of, can I go in and go, okay, I'm going to make, let's just do, because I've done this. I want to make a bank deposit and QuickBooks. Yeah, it'll give me all the steps. That's easy enough to do. Now tell it to separate out a batch based on the sales receipts that came through the POS system. And okay, it can tell you what you have to do, but it isn't going to be able to do it yet. Yeah. I'm not saying that, and I will say this is, it's happening fast. And the only caveat I have is that the information that it's gathering and garnering is coming from human beings who are putting the information in. So as somebody who's been a history teacher and a history buff all my life, and I would just say, always have a caveat. Be careful. Don't assume that, okay, here's one story. There was an attorney 
who had something that needed to go to the courts. And he gave it to another attorney. That attorney used ChatGPT to figure out what it was and how they had to put the document and information together and what they had to say. And they took it to the court. And immediately the judge looked at it and said, what are you, an idiot? This is all wrong. So, I mean, you know, so you, they didn't check and verify. So just a caveat. Right yeah, now, yeah, it's no, really I, good. I, I, right now, what it's good at is writing that email, but you're still going to want to read it before you send it out, maybe. Yes, yeah, yeah. Put yeah. your own words in it, like Loretta did. What it's good is creating that checklist. And you're right, a checklist can be standardized for every client, but the nuances of each client mm. are not going to be in there. And actually, if we get into, and it's the same thing, if you get into reviewing transactions, at the end of the day, there's going to be so much nuance in each and every client that, yes, it might maybe 60% of transactions, that's fine. You know, the utility bill or, or however gets split the same way each time. And But I think we've been doing that for a long time already. Mm-hmm. I don't see the same speed or the same sort of the same speed to market in that space as I do on, say, the comms and the administrative capabilities of AI. Would that be fair? No, I think they're going to be pretty equal in this space to tell you. Well, I, I think it, eventually, I, I think eventually, but I just don't think. But you that, mean adoption? Yeah. Well, no, 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 not, not even adoption. I just think in terms of where we are today, I think the AI that sits around communication, administrative tasks, I think that's at a really good place where practitioners yes, yes. Can, can be embracing and, you can and, embrace and enjoying that. the benefits of it. You can embrace that. But, Whereas yeah. I think on the other side of looking at the transactional data, I think to your point is be wary is not the right word, but it's probably going to require a lot more review than your comms and then your emails and that type of thing, just because there's much more nuance in it. It, it will get there, but yeah. it's just not there yet. It's not there yet. And what Namilla said is that, you know, it's actually changing their job because the thing is, there's so much of it out there. And again, we see this a lot and I've said it before and it, and sometimes they duplicate. You, yeah. There has to be a traffic cop who's saying, this is right. This is a duplicate. This goes over here. This goes over there. There has to be that old style traffic cop that sits in the middle of the intersection directing the traffic. That still exists. And that person, you know, and I tell my team that I'll look at something somebody's done and I'll go, I could get a bot to do that. Give me something more. Give me something that a bot can't do. Show me that you didn't just click a button, that you actually considered what you were doing when you did it based on what you know about the client. Mm. Because that is what you're getting paid for. I can get a bot to do this. Yeah. I can't get a bot. I mean, even I was just thinking that calendaring, it, and it's not Calendly where somebody goes on to your calendar and has a look, but what was that where it was the virtual assistant X or something like that actually looked at your calendar and did the back and forth to schedule meetings via email yeah. because that's what clients but were used to. That's what clients um, are used to. And that, but that yeah. was actually had a human being in the background. You can actually say now there are fewer human beings in the background. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I remember that from the receipt bank days, there are fewer human beings in the actual review and verification process part of things. Yeah. It yeah, has I, to be, the thing is, it's like, I was on a, a session with Alison Ball at the Grove and, you know, she goes, so what do you, what is it described to me, the difference between a BPO and a, and a KPO? And I said, well, 
a BPO is a business process outsourcer. You can probably get AI to do the BPO work. We've already, even before the cloud, had technology and programs starting to do the BPO work, business process, a process that's repeatable. It's like a franchise, like a McDonald's, you know, mm. a process that's repeatable, that never, the part of it that never changes. But that has been and will be very well done. So it frees you up to be and what you need to start training accountants to be is KPOs, knowledge processors. So knowledge process outsourcing. So they don't pay us to sit there and split a transaction. In mm. fact, just the other day, we got a client, I had him on a, her on a Zoom meeting. She goes, what does that mean, split? What does it mean? Who's split? And I said, well, we had to take that transaction and set. And she goes, oh, okay, all right. Well, that makes sense. Knowing that split had to be done was because we knew who the client was. We understood what her goals were. And we knew why she needed the money allocated in that particular format. Mm -hmm. So that's knowledge about the client, as well as knowledge about the technology and how to use it. That part is gonna be where we're gonna be the different aspect of it. And that's the part that I think where they worry about AI and the robots and Terminator is when the (laughs) robot can do that. (laughs) So. I think another thing for folks to be sort of on the, maybe not on the lookout for, but wary of or aware of that various apps are utilizing AI technology. And and I think that one of the questions I'm sort of grappling with at the moment is where does their AI stop and my AI start? And what parts of this process are AI-able, so to speak? And yeah, and I think that's the other thing. I think what one vendor and what one app's talking about, what we're talking about, what another talk about, there's so much overlap there. So how do you then, I mean, sort of going back to the, that traffic cop analogy is, I think that's going to bring in a layer of complexity is to say, when does that app stop, my app start, and then then I hand over to the next app to take on the next part of this accounting or tax process. Yeah, your workflow for, so there's workflow for a task, there's workflow for the process of doing a tax return. Yeah. But what's the workflow for human to app to human to app to human to human to app? What's that workflow look like? And, you know, like, remember when we did that uh, session in, was it 2014? And in Santa Monica, and I did that Visio of, stack your apps, you know, your, yeah. your black dress, start with this app, then that app flows into this app. And then a piece of this information goes over to this app. And then a piece of that information goes into this app and they all end up in the GL, but they're only pieces of each app going into that GL to make that one piece of information that you really need to put on the financial report. So it's what parts coming through and where do they connect? And then the next question is when it's in that GL and it goes, does what goes out and where does it go? And does it affect any of those apps that brought something in in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, people kind of looked at me like I was weird. I probably was. I still am. <laughs> A 
Lord. So you probably get that a bit. In 14, yeah, in 2014, it was like in the room, there was just these people looking at me going, huh? But that's what we're dealing with here. Um, yeah, and more more complicated now because I think because there's I think more of again, it going on. More of it going on, and also I think more more capability from f- that technology landscape is sort of very much leveled. And so, what were quite small companies that their capabilities are growing and growing at a far greater rate than what they're used to. So I think there's more complexity or, or more sort of overlap across the various different apps. Well, and um, then and- there's so much data. I mean, yes, um, yeah. This is another old story, and I've probably have told it before. But I remember asking, I was getting like, kind of like going, okay, wait a minute. I connected this bank with this GL, and I connected the same bank to another GL, and it's pulling in data a little differently. Mm-hmm. Why? Oh, uh, that's interesting. And it was the back end scraper who had decided that that scraper using that going using that application was going to pull this data from the same bank where this scraper was going to pull from the same bank different fields yeah so, interesting so you know you get a little bit of a difference it's like okay now they're doing the same thing but they're doing it diff- they're, they're pulling different yeah. information yeah, yeah. and they're presenting it differently okay yeah, so now you got to look at that but then all right now let's see if if Go and go using receipt bank. Okay, I got that. It's pulling in the invoice, and now it can pull in and tell me if I'm multi currency, or now it can actually pull in data from a different field and give me more information. The decision is do I need that information? Yeah, and if I do, yeah. where does it go? Yeah, and if I don't. Where does it go? Yeah, where does it go? And and so, I mean, when you think about the knowledge that people are paying you to to give them good financial data that they can make actionable movement forward in their business or their life, you know, whatever it is, you're somebody who's handling somebody's money, you're helping them make decisions based on the the feedback you're giving them. And if, if you get really good at that, do you have the time to be really good at this other thing? And so you need to hire somebody who maybe has the time to help you with that tech stack. Because that tech stack that I described in 2014 was very light compared to mm. the same apps. And mm. I'm using some of the same exact apps that I yeah. was using in 2014. And the amount of data and the amount of information and the location they're putting in has quadrupled. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> and as you were saying that is, and that was my sort of, I think, takeaway from it as well is that if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh shit, how am I going to stay on top of this? It might not actually be your responsibility. And, and that role of the technologist, I think is incredibly important. And I think we are starting to see more, it, like you had your sort of fractional technology offices and outsourced IT folks. I think you are starting to see more consultants that are doing this on a bit like the outsourced IT person, the outsourced chief technology officer. And so for some smaller firms, that might be a better option for you is looking at at outsourcing that to someone. Alternatively, I think there's a there's a whole generation of people coming out of university that get this. 
and could probably slot into an accounting firm very easily with this being their responsibility to to understand the tech, to connect the tech. So I think there are there are ways in which you can solve for this and, and not be thinking, shit, it's all, all sitting on my shoulders because it's a such a rapidly changing world right now. And I got to tell you, I got to that level. And yeah, and you got you brought in two people, and look how far you've come in what, in the what last they've six done. Yeah. What they've done in six months, Maggie and Megan, non-accountants, non-accountants. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> and neither one of them university mm. graduates, but very intelligent and focused. And I had to keep them. You know, it's like, hey, look at this is what I want you to pay attention to right now. And so we used to have this diagram that we gave people and oh, I, I did this with some folks and I, was, I don't know, I, I felt like afterwards I said it, I must've bet they must've thought I was an idiot, but at some point you have to have a vision and then you have to have somebody who can implement that vision. And then you have to have somebody who can finish that implementation. And when I first started, I had to be all three. Yeah. And the more... I grew, the more I had to figure out where I I needed to be in that triangle. And I always saw myself as the implementer. And I spent a lot of time there because I enjoyed it. Yeah. But it got to the point where now I had to I had to discover that, you know what, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to go up here because mm-hmm. somebody needs to lead this. And you know, some people start off wanting to be a leader and wanting to be in charge. And I was telling somebody today, like, I feel like since I left home at 18, I've been a boss. And I'm really done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. and, and some people don't. And yeah. some people don't. And some people are done. And yeah, absolutely. But I can't expect them. My accountants are really busy being accountants. Mm. And I can't expect them to take their eye off that ball. So Maggie, Megan, and I have to do the other three things, you know, the, yeah. the other parts of the job. And it got to the point where I needed Maggie and Megan to help me with, with that part. And I and the thing is, is that together we can do this, but I couldn't do all of this by myself. Some days when I wake up and I think I still have to, I just want to crawl back into bed. And then I realize, <laughs> oh, I don't have to do that. Good. I'm going to go out and surfing. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, you know, and, and I think maybe this is sort of the final point that I'll share. I think if it goes back to, what is it? If it goes back to chapter one, what is it that you want to do? Yes. What is it that you, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you don't want to do? And then how do you make sure that gets done, gets done? Because yes, there are critical parts to running your business, but you don't have to be responsible for all of those. So what is it that you want to focus on and how do you think creatively to get those other important aspects done as well. And those robots behind you, well, those are <laughs> not robots though. Those guys are actually stormtroopers. They can help you. Yeah. And yeah. they're not going to take your job away. They're going to make it a little different. But then again, you know what? The cotton gin certainly made cotton different. You know, Ford certainly made putting together a vehicle a little bit different. We don't drive around with carts with horses on them anymore. So things are going to change. You can't stop it and don't hide away from it. There are some great apps out there utilizing it and implementing it. And they they did it very fast and they yeah, did and it very well. The four that I saw and the two that we are heavily into, 
because we're using the apps anyways before this, they've done a very good job. Yeah. And I think there, Penny, is is sort of a good place to wrap up today's episode yeah, cool. just with the final thing of hopefully for listeners, this has given them a different perspective of how I can incorporate AI into my practice, how I can incorporate it into my business and where it can help me today. And so hopefully that's what listeners have gotten out of today's episode, that there is good accounting workflow specific AI that helps save time and it works and, and embrace it. So Penny, thank you very much for the, for today's conversation. As always, really enlightening to hear your thoughts and also some of the things that you're seeing in, in the different events you're going to, the different people you're speaking to, the different apps you're integrating in the and office. And it's nice also. to know that the Australians are listening too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's and, cool. and I think the other thing is- And Heather um, said hi. One of yeah, your yeah. Aussie well, people, well, I know, up, Heather, she was here in the United States. I got to hang the, out with her. One Australian, I think. Well, any other? Oh, one, just, no, there was, just one. Just the one. The one Australian there for accounting salon. Oh, so, folks, from um, Australia to Florida. Wow, that was a long haul. That's a, well, it must be an important meeting. <laughs> must be an important event to get to. So, folks, she was an important you, person to have there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, folks, if you've enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor, leave a review, leave a rating on whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. If you do have any questions for us or feedback or comments, please don't hesitate to find Penny or myself on LinkedIn. But otherwise, Penny, we'll be back to do it all again next week. All right. Have a good one. Bye.